2: Daily Faceoff podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segen, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Beebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season eight, episode thirty-four of the DFO Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Betway. I'm your host, Brock Seagan We got Dylan D. Berthium. We got Michael Bees Bondi. It is either the first or second week of the fantasy playoffs. To everyone listening, I imagine if you're still listening, that means you're still running deep into the playoffs so congratulations to you fellas i know in my league of record i'm sitting here with a week one bye what's your uh what's your fantasy playoff status right now d uh week one bye
1: and then our other league which does not have buys, the 10 team league and there are no buys just so 80 percent of the league can make the playoffs so it's that's the ohl fun it's the OHL. So, of course i'm locked into a, a pretty tight-knit battle with the eight seed looking like i should be able to clutch it but it's much closer than i would like considering how much i ran away with that president's trophy uh and then of course as everybody knows that i tank the crap out of the dynasty league hoping to give a dart so uh not in the playoffs in the dynasty so uh buy in one hoping to move on in the other uh and then waiting for the lottery in the third
2: <laughs> and peeps how much you bud
1: uh, I'm 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 fighting for my life in one.
0: It's it's all I can think about. I'm sweating every day. Just just not really having the the hits and matchups. Um, and that's one where I'm I'm a three seed, so you don't love to drop out to the six seed. And that that's the league that really matters. That's that's D's tank league. That's the one that I you know I I I live and die for. But then our other league where I'm in second. I'm I'm having the same thing. I'm playing a guy whose team is uh let's just say half as good as mine to keep it respectful because I know he actually kind of listens to the show sometimes. Um, and uh, and and he's putting up a fight, and I'm I'm sweating as well. So I found myself um, grabbing Kyler Yamamoto last night, doing little things like that, and, and it not helped me at all as he put up a negative two. So
2: um, Yamamoto actually been pretty productive since we talked about him. You just he picked has. him up at the the wrong time. Him Vogel, and Max, still, they guys.
0: Uh, every time I grab him, it's 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 a nice big zero, and always a fat minus. So uh, you know, <laughs> classic,
2: yeah. So since we basically covered all of the top waiver wire streaming targets for this week on last week's show, got ahead of the curve, These weekend streamers is pretty much irrelevant because we will be talking about the exact same guys we talked about on last week's episode. Uh, but we will still cover the goaltenders, guys that you can target on back-to-backs, looking to get those extra starts in your uh, crease could be the difference between making the semifinals and not. So we'll start with D's weekend goalie streamers, and then in the second half of the show, we are going to do the exact same thing we did last week. Take a look ahead at next week's schedule, identify the top streaming targets on the teams with the games on the late nights, and try to maximize your schedule for next week to ensure that you punch your ticket to the finals. So without further ado, let's get to the weekend streamers between the pipes, D.
1: Yes, sir. And just before we do that, quick reminder, the two teams playing Friday, Sunday, this weekend are Colorado and Arizona. Uh, Colorado, things have just changed a little bit. We got uh, Evan Rodriguez is out with a concussion. Mm-hmm. He was skating on the top line. Um, so timetable unclear there in terms of when he's going to be able to return. Uh, but in the meantime, it's been Dennis Maughlin up on the top line with McKinnon and Ranton, and he's looked good there. Uh, not getting the top power play time, uh, which is a little bit unfortunate. Kind of caps the upside there, but uh, still been productive alongside those two at even strength, just like you would expect. So he's 19% owned. Otherwise, uh, it's just JT Comfer, who we already talked about, 43% owned, probably only finding him in shallower leagues at this point, uh, given how uh, perfect their schedule has been this week. Uh, and then the Coyotes, again, it's Barrett Hayton, 44%, still out there in some leagues. Uh, pick him up. He's actually somehow leapfrogged Beebs's boy, Nick Schmaltz, in ownership, who sits uh. at 41%. Uh, And then the two other options that uh, we kind of like there, Valamaki on the blue line, 27%. uh, And Lawson Krause, always a decent bet to get you a goal, 27%. I think he's up to 22 goals on the year. So uh, he is a decent punt option as well. But getting into the attendees, uh, not a whole lot to love in terms of the back-to-back, the potential starts uh, that we're getting on offer this weekend. But uh, I do have about three or four names just to run through quickly here. Uh, first off, it's Akira Schmid who I, you know, deserves a shout out just on his own because he's been taking some starts from Vanacek of late. Uh, the Devils are in Buffalo on Friday uh, before hosting the Senators on Saturday. So Schmid, 19% own, could get either start, which makes this difficult to project. Ideally, he'll get Buffalo on the quieter slate on Friday. He's getting a decent amount of run lately, starting five of the Devils' last 11 games. He's been outplaying Vanacek of late. Uh, 9.19 save percentage across six appearances in the month of March. Manichek, meanwhile, with an 8.88 save percentage in seven appearances in March. Uh, So potential rest of season value here for Schmidt if this trend continues. Would be an amazing option tomorrow night against Buffalo. Still a decent option if he goes Saturday in Ottawa, though on a much busier slate. Uh, And then moving on, we got the Islanders. Uh, Kind of a similar situation here. They're in Columbus on Friday and then take on the Sabres at home Saturday. Uh, Semyon Varlamov 34% owned will start one of these two games which one he gets uh, is up in the air just like Schmid if Varlamov goes tomorrow night in Columbus he's going to be a terrific option on a very shallow slate if he goes Saturday he'll be a decent option but on a much busier slate so uh, another one to monitor there uh, and then we got the Canucks moving on to the Saturday Sunday back-to-back really this is the only one uh, that looks like it's worth going after. I'll read through the other ones in a second just to give you guys an idea of why I'm exactly I'm suggesting calling or calling Delia here. Uh, but Demco almost certainly will get the stars on Saturday, which should leave Delia to take on the Blackhawks on Sunday. So obviously a ton of risk here. Delia has an 877 state percentage on the season. But if you're already trailing splits heading into Sunday's small slate and you've got nothing to lose or you simply need to take the risk for the win, Delia will be the best, if not the only widely available option on Sunday. The Canucks will be favored in this game. Delia was solid in another cupcake matchup last Sunday when he stopped 17 of 18 in a 2-1 victory over the Ducks. So even if you're leading the goaltending matchups, if you can make some roster space on Saturday, Delia would be a great stash if you want to play some defense and prevent your opponent from picking up what looks to be the only viable start Sunday. Uh, The only other potential viable option that you might be able to find on the wire Sunday is Piotr Klachetkov. Talked about him last week, 22% owned still, uh, which would be against the Bruins. So obviously not ideal. Uh, but Canes would probably still be a little bit less than a coin flip to win that game. Wouldn't be too, too bad Um, and much better than the other options I'm going to rattle off here in a second. I was going to
0: say, actually, out of those goalies, kind of funny because Kachekov is going to face the highest scoring team in the NHL and Delhi is going to face the lowest scoring team in the NHL. So take what you want um, as far as your streams for that one.
1: Exactly. But with Freddie uh, Freddie Anderson getting the nod Thursday, there's a good chance the Canes go with Kachekov Saturday against the Leafs. Uh, we already saw, I think it was two week two weekends ago, the Canes had a back-to-back, which involved the Maple Leafs. And for some reason, they opted not to give Freddie the game against his former team. So I'm not really expecting that to factor in here. Uh, so yeah, good chance they go with Kachekov Saturday against Toronto, uh, which would save Anderson for the Bruins on Sunday, who obviously won't be available on your wire.
2: It was uh, weird too, because they said tonight, or they said on Wednesday, that Kachekov was likely going to go on Thursday against the Rangers. Um, that's what Moore said. And then today they're like, nope. Anderson starting. So I would imagine that that could likely starts the next game. And then it, uh, Anderson on Sunday
1: again, which leaves us with pretty much only Colin Delia, uh, <laughs> to take a roll of the dice on, on Sunday, just to give you an idea, barring any unexpected developments, the only other goalies in line to start on Sunday that are under 50% owned are Thomas Grice on the road against the Kings, Kevin Lankanen at home to the Leafs and Anton Kudobin against the Canucks. So, uh, Three uh, absolutely Ooh. dreadful options, like I said, uh, De- are Delia not obviously the most exciting and comes with a decent amount of risk. But uh, those other three names I rattled off will be big, big underdogs in their matchups, whereas Delia should be uh, a favorite to get the win in Chicago. So did you guys see not...
0: Kodobin's goal today? Poor kadoban in his first start back in the NHL.
1: Yeah, pass the really
0: puck right tough. out, right out front. So you know, I, I, I'd stay deep away from that one.
1: Yeah, believe it or not, your fantasy matchup and your entire fantasy season could come down to uh, a Colin D'Elia start. So
2: The only thing I would say about the Blues is obviously uh, Joel Hofer uh, has been really solid since coming up. If they elect to maybe give him a night off and give Bennington the start on Saturday in Anaheim, uh, maybe it's Hofer Sunday against the Kings. He would obviously be a better option. Uh, than what Thomas Grice gives you. So I would at least consider, obviously, the matchup isn't ideal, not nearly as good as Delia's, um, but I would feel better going with uh, Joel Hofer than I would Thomas Grice. So at least give you a, an option there, uh, as opposed, yeah, if it's Grice, you're just going to steer far away. Um, but Hofer's been good. He, he got He gave up two goals really early tonight against the Red Wings and has really locked in. He hasn't allowed anything since. Uh, last I checked, they were up four two. Looks like he's in line to go three zero and one in his first four starts with the Blues. Yeah,
1: he's up to almost thirty percent owned 2 so less yeah, likely yeah. to find him on the wire too. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be Colin Delia this weekend, and hopefully he can clutch it. But like I said, just if you got, even if you know you're ahead in the goalie matchups, there's a chance they have uh, they have an outside chance to claw back on Sunday if they can get some extra starts in. If you got the room on your bench Saturday, just stash Delia and don't yeah. even give them that option. Make them take. Uh, a much riskier start in the, the likes of uh kudobin or, or Lankin in against the leafs this
0: is the stuff you got to do to win your matchups at this time of year so uh yeah be the stopper be the bad guy
2: as always d tremendous stuff i know that i can cut you off now because there is no second half to the streamers usually this would be the point where i cut you off and you yell at me that we still have goalies to talk about but luckily we covered it last week so speaking of last week let's get ahead to next week I think that so far our streaming options that we talked about last week for this week have been doing quite well. So hopefully we can stay uh, as red hot as we started so far this week. So uh, as always, I did the strength of schedule for all the teams playing next week. Um, Well, obviously you want to play the, the teams that are, you know, target the teams that play the weaker opponents. At the end of the day, we're really trying to target the teams that play on the light nights. You're trying to get these guys in your lineup. After all, you don't want to waste a pickup on a guy who's going to play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, when there's 10, 11, and 13 games, and you're not going to be able to get them into your lineup. So uh, the way the schedule lays out next week is very typical. Six games on Monday, 10 games on Tuesday, three games on Wednesday, 11 games on Thursday, four games on Friday, Friday, 13 games on saturday and actually a surprisingly busy sunday with nine games so we're gonna focus more on monday wednesday friday if teams do play on sunday there's a chance that you're going to be able to uh get them in your lineup and realistically at that point you're going to be making the tough decisions anyway you're going to be getting cutthroat it could be coming down to to the wire for you and you're going to just want to make sure that your lineup is full so um nine games on sunday should make for you know tons of extremely exciting fantasy finishes so like i said we're going to focus a little bit more on monday wednesday friday so let's start with the florida panthers they have the number three ranked schedule overall so pretty good matchups for them they also play monday wednesday to open the week and then they have a thursday saturday uh game so Chances are you're probably going to stream these guys Monday, Wednesday, drop them for for some players that play later in the week. Um, You know, you got some teams like the New York Rangers who go uh, Friday, Sunday. Maybe, you know, you move on to something like that. But let's focus on the Florida Panthers here. Monday, they're in Ottawa. Tuesday, they are in Toronto. Uh, D, we'll start with you here. Anton Lindell, 20% owned, currently skating on the second line. Uh, with Matt Kachuk and Carter Verheggie. Sorry, he's on the top line. It's 82 Luster Ryan in between uh, Matt Kachuk and uh, Carter Verheggie. Wendell now on the wing with Alexander Barkoff. So things can change here pretty drastically. Obviously, this is going to be something you're going to want to keep an eye on over the weekend because Sam Bennett did skate today. If Sam Bennett comes back, Sam Bennett's undoubtedly going to be back between Kachuk and Verheggy So realistically Bennett's probably the top streaming option, but I believe he's somewhere around 57% owned. So chances Mm -hmm. are he's not going to be available for you. 58% on just to be precise here. Um, So that would move most likely E2 lose Ryan and back to the top line with Barkoff. And then there's also Anthony Duclair at 12% on the third line, probably not anybody we're really interested in. So to me, it's basically whoever's going to be skating in that top six. and, And if, Bennett is going to be back. It's most likely going to be Eetu Luostarinen, who is the lowest owned of the group at 7%. And while his shot volume leaves a lot to be desired, he's actually been pretty productive since the beginning of, since the All-Star break. Uh, 17.6 goals, 11 assists in his last 19 games, playing 16 and a half minutes a night. Like I said, the shot volume is not great, just 35 shots on goal. So his floor is not terrific, but playing on that top line potentially next week with Alexander Barkov. He's got to be the top option here if Sam Bennett's back in the
1: lineup. Either way, I I would go with Lusto because honestly, like the Kachuk-Verheggie line, that's the one you ideally want to target. Obviously, if Bennett's back, there's not going to be any room, but that's been their best line all season. It's been their most productive line. Uh, And for a guy like Lusto, who is a pass-first guy, like you said, Brock, doesn't rack up the shots on goals, uh, certainly more assist-heavy in his production. Uh, Ideal for him to be putting or playing with two... Uh, shot volume monsters in Verhegi and Kachuk. So that's the ideal scenario. Obviously, Bennett uh, stays out, but with him skating already, seems super likely that he'll be back for the start of next week. Um, but again, like you said, Brock, that would uh, leave Listo more likely to jump back up on the top line and, and Lundell to fall back down. So either way, I think he's going to be in the better spot. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's uh, pretty uh, straightforward here. You don't really have to overthink it. Just let the let the usage dictate the decision here. Um, and then just to boot, Lusto is 13% more available than uh, Lindell. Uh, he's just 7% owns. So uh, definitely the one that I would be targeting uh, for early on next week.
0: Yeah, Lindell's 11 straight games without a point. So, um, you know, it, it, we're, at the, we're at the point where playing the hot hand. Sometimes just not sometimes, most times just makes, sen- makes most sense. Um, Panthers are in a spot where they're absolutely battling for a playoff spot right now. They're one point out as of tonight. And then they're just going to lose to Toronto. Um, it's 5-2 at the moment, so we'll see where that goes. But going to lose regardless. So they're going to be pushing Sam Bennett back, I think, regardless, just to try to get they, – they need everything they, they can get now. So, um, yeah, I'm with you there. I would go Lusto over Lundell.
2: Yeah, and, and obviously if Rina gets scooped up, uh, Lundell and Duclair are okay fallback options. Duclair's been decent – obviously uh we'd like to see him get you know more juicy minutes he's I gotta guess get in
0: the lineup too he's
2: been in and out every night it's yeah he got of he was sick yesterday so he missed one game he was back in the lineup tonight which is good but i, I guess again like obviously we can speculate that it's going to be loose to and back on that top line um it's just been kind of what they they've rolled with but I'm, I'm you know there's certainly the possibility that duclair moves up i don't know how likely it is we did see him see a little bit of time in the top six so You know, as always, just kind of stay locked on dailyfaceoff.com. Keep an eye on things and how the the weekend kind of shakes out here and make sure you're picking up the right guy next week. The uh, Panthers play against the Rangers on Saturday. So just kind of keep an eye on on what's rolling that night. Um, And that's probably what you can expect them to roll into Monday with. um, Save if maybe Bennett doesn't play Saturday and, you know, looks likely to come back uh, on Monday. Just to give you an idea, Duclair heading into this evening, one goal, three assists, four points overall, 23 shots on goal. So the shot volume is still pretty solid for Duclair, uh, but obviously, you know, playing 13, 14 minutes in the middle six really isn't going to get it done. Going to want him to be in that top six, most likely with Alexander Barkov. The next best option is the Buffalo Sabres. They have uh, a much more difficult schedule, really starting to already get down the list in terms of, uh, you know, the easiest schedules. They're 16th overall, but they have two games on light nights. Uh, unfortunately it's Monday, Friday, which is not a great setup. Uh, obviously the Panthers would be ideal starting Monday, Wednesday, and then you can kind of just drop them and forget about it. Um, but at the same time, the Buffalo Sabres certainly have plenty of options. The problem is they're a team that really likes to balance out their minutes outside of that top line. Tage eats first, and then the rest of the, uh, the other three lines kind of get the scraps and, you know, we've seen some pretty good stuff from the second line when it's been Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka and Dylan Cousins. The problem is they don't play as much as your typical second line, so they become a little bit more risky. Dylan Cousins has obviously seen some PP one time, but he's up to 59%. On, so you're probably not looking there. Jack Quinn, 7%. J.J. Paterka, 1%. They're widely available, but you're probably not going to get a ton of consistency out of them. They make me a little bit nervous. Victor Olsen at 10%. Uh, the shot volume has always been pretty solid. He's on the third line currently but he's also seen power play one time so uh he bumped dylan cousins from their last game you know next game they can certainly move him back up it, it's definitely uh a possibility but he seems kind of like the most reliable uh outside of quinn and Paterka. like i think i you know i like the potential of quinn and Paterka, but also just seems a little bit more of a sturdy floor and if you're you know you don't want to pick up two guys that are going to play 11 minutes and and not really provide you with anything. Where Olsson can have those big games, like you know, certainly he's just as capable of putting up bagels. But he, we've seen him put up just monster performances. So his, he, he was in and out of the lineup last week. He was healthy scratched a couple times. He's played uh, in their most recent game. He also skated on the third line with Yost in Middlestad today. Uh, so he should be good to go for next week. Six or four points in his last five games. Uh, the shot volume remains pretty steady around two, three shots per game. So, B, I see a nod in your head here. You obviously feel that Olofsson would be your go-to guy from the Sabres as well.
0: Yeah, um, you mentioned it, you know, the four points in the last five games. And, and I kind of mentioned in the last little part that you want to grab the hot hand. Um, like you mentioned, at the same point during those five games, the guy has 10 shots. So we, we like to see that two two shots a game. And um I, I he's always the shoot first option. Well not maybe not when Tage is there, but he he's always a maybe the second or third option. He's never the last option when he's on the power play. So um the other guys like you said they're just not eating the minutes. Olafson on pace for 30 goals this year. So um he's one of those guys we've seen it happen where he puts two goals in a night one goal in a night over here. Those are things that can move matchups for you. So I, I, I just like the potential I like putting the higher i i just think there's way more way less risk if you go with olsen than the other two guys there and i don't see either of them taking that spot on the top power play if cousins takes it that's just the way it goes and cousins takes it but i don't see quinn taking it i don't see peterka taking it on that top power play and you mentioned it brock this team runs through tage thompson so you want anyone who's touching tage thompson so i like i like Olson here do you have anything to add on
2: olsen
1: I agree. He'd be my top pick. I do think Paterka and Quinn are going to be super legit spot start options on Monday. Still though, even if you have uh, multiple um, spots to play with, or if you're late getting there and Olsen's already gone, Paterka has been really good. I, we talked about him last week, and then he got scratched. So uh, that was a little disappointing, but even outside of that, he's been uh, at a point per game in his last four. So um, yeah, he's been solid. I think Quinn is still a decent bet. And I honestly think like, uh, again just with obviously Olafson's better off on the first unit I think those other two are better off as well when he's up there uh and it, you know Dylan Cousins drops down to the second unit because I, I think it makes that second unit a lot more uh formidable in its own right with Owen Power on the back end as well and then Middlestad joining uh the second line up front so uh yeah it, again I agree Olafson, but I, I do think uh particularly for that matchup Monday night against Montreal if you have uh you know extra Macup or matchup acquisitions in your league and you're not uh, as tightly uh, hamstrung as in, in some other leagues. I think that those two will be uh, really good spot start options for that Monday night game.
2: Yeah. Just to give you a little bit more background on Jack Quinn, he's been really solid. As you mentioned, 12 points in his last 18 games, five goals, seven assists. He's got 31 shots on goal average 14 minutes a night. He's played as much as 17, 18 minutes uh, in some games and then played as little as 12 minutes in other or sorry, 10 minutes in other games. So kind of a, a mixed bag with them as always, but um they certainly have plenty of offensive upside and you know in matchups where they could score um quite a few goals like against the montreal canadians um just going back to victor olsen so far this season he has seven multi-goal games so those are the type of potentially um, matchup winning nights that victor olsen could provide you if he gets hot so um moving on we have the New York Islanders, Monday, Wednesday, Sunday. So they obviously, you know, if it comes down to Sunday, you probably are already going to have dropped them or you're probably going um, to have moved elsewhere after the Monday, Wednesday. But yeah, their schedule is certainly not super, super friendly. Uh, Monday against the um, New Jersey Devils Wednesday in Washington. So for the Islanders, obviously they have plenty of options across the board that are pretty widely available uh, D, I'm sure you're probably pretty surprised that Pierre Engvall suddenly looks like a guy uh, that look like, looks like he could be worth a stream now that he's with the New York Islanders. Is that anything you foresaw coming when he was with the Maple Leafs?
1: Uh, definitely. I mean, this is a guy that routinely scored 10 to 15 goals while playing less than, you know, 13, 14 minutes a night and being buried in the bottom six. So yeah, I I always thought he was a guy that if he moved into the top six, whether that be with the Leafs and like that, Michael Bunting, Kelly Arncroft type role, or, you know, potentially on a different team, like even if you just extrapolate those minutes out, give him four or five extra minutes a night, he's going to be at the very least, uh, a pretty productive goal scorer and that's exactly what he's been with the aisle. So yeah, I think he's a great option. Um, shot volume has been solid since he's gone over there as well. Um, but also uh, Zach Parise, I, I like a lot. Um, I think he said Brock, he's just 6% owned. He scored in three straight. His shot volumes are really consistent all year, two and a half shots a game. Um, so he's one, I, I don't think to be slept on Kyle Palmieri as well on that second line. He just had a four point night the other game. Um, so certainly some upside there. Like you said, the big issue is just the matchups aren't great. I don't mind them going to to Washington. I think that's fine. Uh, But yeah, like, you know, your options are limited. We're just trying to get warm bodies into the lineup. And the fact that you can get, um, you know, multiple games out of just one matchup acquisition here with the Monday-Wednesday swing, uh, I think all those guys are legit options. I'd probably go Engvall, Parise, Palmieri in that order. Maybe... Uh yeah, uh maybe Palmary before Parise. That that's kind of yeah, yeah I, I feel
2: on. I feel better about Palmieri. Um, I think Paul Mary would actually probably be my first choice. Uh just you know, been pretty locked in there on that second line with Nelson. angles yeah, there as well right lot now. Lot
1: there. He's been there all season and doesn't hasn't really done much with the ice time.
2: Yeah, I, I think just the fact that he's on that top power play unit um is just kind of the tiebreaker for me. Just because I mean at the end of the day, we're we're only talking about two games and we're trying to just maximize the output here. So just the top power play unit for two games is the extra little bit. I feel pretty good about Engvall. I think he's got five points in his last five games, um, which is awesome. Palmieri, like you said, um, probably playing a little bit more ice time. He's seen it closer to 18 minutes a night. Um, Engvall is around 16. Um, but both look pretty solid on that second line with Brock Nelson. Uh, Parise is just unspectacular in his performance, but just pretty consistent, right? Especially yep. um, if you're in a points leagues where you get, uh, you know, whatever the points may be for shots on goal, then maybe Parise is your best option because he's just got that, you know, steady floor. You know, you're probably going to get two or three shots out of him, and he's not going to go in and put up a bagel. So they're all pretty productive. Um, you know, honors Lee's even only 55% owned. I, I, I'm i sure, obviously, in most leagues, like, I mean, if you just take a look at the number in most leagues, he's not available, but he's he out is there no in pro- uh, like DNI's mega, like our, our big league that matter, or like our
0: big one that we focus on. He is out there right now. So he, right. he's definitely out there in some leagues. Yeah. So
2: he would be certainly the number one guy. Uh, but at 55% owned, I would imagine in most leagues, he's not available. But uh, I mean, obviously, I don't think you need to get too, too desperate here. John Gabriel Pajot would be an okay option since coming back from injury. He's got points in every single game, two goals, five assist or two goals, four assists, excuse me, in four games. So he's been pretty productive. There's lots of options here from the Islanders. It's kind of just personal preference. They all kind of bring their own um, assets to the table, whether it's power play usage, whether it's time on ice, whether it's shot volume, they all kind of have uh, a skill set. And it just kind of depends which one fits your league better is probably the guy you can go to. And like we said, D's mentioned it a couple times, depending on your league and depending on the amount of matchup acquisitions you have, don't be afraid to double dip. You can get two extra games out of these guys on Monday, Wednesday. And yes, you know, maybe... Monday's game against the Devils isn't great, but I also don't think the Devils are quite as locked down as they were early in the season. Yeah. And, the, and the Capitals certainly seem like a team that gives up goals. Do you got something to add here?
1: Yeah. I just got to say, if you're going that route and you're playing too, then I would definitely recommend stacking
2: uh, Engvall
1: and Paul Mary on the second line just gives you, uh, basically yep. double the opportunities uh, it's always nice when you know you can get two points off a single goal and that's much more likely to happen if you got two guys playing on the same line uh, Parise as we said on the third line so I guess if those guys are gone and it's a super deep league and you're slow getting the wire then you can go with the Parise Paggio stack on the third line uh, but yeah I think if you're
2: doubling up Angval Palmieri definitely the play It's worth mentioning, uh, Parise and Pajot have been together for the majority of the season, and they actually have outstanding underlying metrics together. uh, And and typically, they'll go out there and see some cushier matchups against the other team's bottom six as well, which bodes pretty well. All right, Beeps, we're getting to your Arizona Coyotes. It was funny. We were originally – we were originally going to talk about our mock draft, um, from the preseason on today's episode, but we're going to save that for next week. And I was dying laughing because I was going through the mock draft and, uh, the top end of your draft is, ter- is terrific. You had, uh, McDavid, which obviously is a pretty easy start. And then you also oh, added yeah. passion but I was dying laughing when I got to the bottom and you went back to back Arizona coyotes defenseman. And then I think around later you added Nick Schmaltz. I was like, this man loves the Arizona coyotes, but they've been outstanding. Um, Clayton Keller, among the league leaders in points in the last couple months, he's been just dynamic. Uh, Obviously, he's out of reach at 88% on, but you got Nick Schmaltz at 41% on, Barrett Hayton at 44% on, which... I mean, the, the rise in ownership from, from Barrett Hayden over the last few weeks, we couldn't have said his name anymore. And to see his name you know, get up there towards 50% is outstanding. Well, I think I was 20... When
1: we when we first mentioned him about a month ago, he was 6% owned.
0: Amazing. Eh? I yes. think we actually mentioned him even earlier before that too, just like randomly. It was one of our like, passing guys. And I, I
1: believe at the time he
0: was closer to 2%. So, you know, here we are. Look at us. Friend of the show, Barrett Hayden. <laughs> we love you.
2: Barrett Hayden, uh, 44%, Lawson Krauss, 27%, Matthias Michelli, 5%, Yusuf Valmaki 27%. <laughs> They're all available um, at your disposal, depending on the depth of your league. I would imagine at this point, if you're listening to this show, <laughs> you guys are factoring it pretty largely into the ownership on somebody like Barrett Hayden and Nick Schmaltz. They're probably already on your roster, so you're probably she not is. looking to stream them, and you might be looking more for a guy like Lawson Krauss or Matthias Michelli. Um, Two completely different players, right? I mean, Lawson Crows brings some decent shot volume to the table. Uh, he's been pretty solid. He's been playing very reliable minutes. Michelli, certainly not going to get you many shots on goal. Lucky to get one out of him a night. But he's a tremendous playmaker. He's, he's likely to add some apples to uh, the list. Just to give you an idea, next week, the Arizona Coyotes, they're not in a great spot because they played Monday, Friday. It's a little bit more difficult to, to add them. But if you are looking, uh, they play the Oilers again Monday. They were able to score three goals against the Oilers. Uh, Yesterday, on Wednesday, and then they've got the Dallas Stars on Friday. It's not great matchups, but not terrible. The good news about both those matchups is they are at Mullet Arena. So the Coyotes will be at home where they do a ton of their damage. And I was pretty funny. I was looking, um, I believe it was on Thursday, or on Wednesday, excuse me, um, at Barrett Hayton's numbers. And coming into that day, or maybe it was earlier in the week, but regardless... Coming into one of his games this week, he had only one goal on the road all season. I think he had like 12 or 13 on home ice. It just goes to show how much better that team's been on the road. But I think he's got two goals this week. So he's really been figuring it out on the road as well, which you love to see. Uh, so yeah, all those guys are readily available. Beebs, you got something to add on them? Uh, I got one that I kind of like more than, um, say,
0: those, those backup players you got there. I got Travis Boyd, 5% Whoa. out here. Um, you know what? We want to talk about our boys, our, our Schmaltz, Hayden, Keller combo. Let's talk about someone who gets to jump in on that power play and have some fun. Eight points in his last nine games. That's five goals, three assists for Travis Boyd. He holds center right wing eligibility, 30 points on the year. So this is uh not so much a fluke as it is, just kind of like it's just someone has to get points. So I guess it's Travis Boyd. Um, And, and, and you don't mind that. So I, I think this is kind of a deep snag you could do and and, and a sneaky one. And uh, for someone who's putting the puck in the net at this rate and playing on that power play, you do not hate to see it. He's got three power play points across those nine games too. So, you know, he's helping out.
2: Yeah. If you're in a league that counts power play points and um, some of their top power play unit is not available, Boyd might be able to chip in. I feel a little bit better about the guys playing 19 minutes a night as opposed to 14, but
0: but those five minutes
2: against other like tough teams,
0: Arizona's usually getting kind of walk. So I, I like Travis with his, you know, like, like li- you want to limit those five V five minutes for Arizona guys. <laughs> if they're not on Hayden, if they're, or if they're not Hayden Keller or, uh,
2: or the boy, Nicky Schmaltz. So uh,
0: no, but I know what you're saying there's it's just crazy that we have options in
2: Arizona. i love to see it. D we, we, you kind of talked about him at the start of the show, anything to add quickly on the coyotes? Uh,
1: no, just that I would go Valimaki. Uh, after Hayden and Schmaltz, I-, I think he's my clear number three pick if he's available, even if he's a defenseman. I, I guess if you're really hunting for goals, then then Kraus or even Beeps's boy, Travis Boyd, are-, are probably a more likely <laughs> bet. Be Balamaki <laughs> has just been so consistent. He's playing so much right now. Um, and then in deeper leagues or point leagues, like J.J. Moser is probably uh, worth even just a-, a punt if you have room to get him in there and all these other guys are taken or you're stacking up. Uh, on Monday, I don't think he's a terrible option as well, or either just because he plays so many minutes. He's going to rack up the hitch shots and block shots uh, and gets a little bit of power play time as well. So, uh, yeah, a couple more options there. And the Oilers matchup, not quite as bad as it as it seems, uh, right? Like, obviously, they're going to be caved in by McDavid and Dreisaitl, but this is still a team that gives up. 27 scoring chances per 60, 11 and a half high danger chances. So uh, they're certainly not locking it down on the blue line. And the biggest thing is just the goaltending is always such a big question mark for that team. So uh, yeah, we saw the, at least, you know, we saw the top line have a good night in Edmonton the other night. So no reason why uh, they can't do a little bit of damage at home against the oil on Monday.
2: Just to give Yusuf Al-Macchi a little bit more love. I, I know we already give him plenty, but uh, since the all-star break, 19 points in his last 22 games, also a plus seven over that stretch. Shot volume still leaves a little bit to be desired. Thirty-seven shots, twenty-two games—not terrible for a defenseman. Um, and he's averaging close to twenty-three minutes a night, so you know you're going to get elite usage. The power, the power play production has been pretty solid as well, uh, chipping in five power play points over that stretch. So, of Valimaki is, is certainly one of the sneakiest defensemen.
0: I think I'm actually more mad about Valimaki's ownership than I am now about Schmaltz because after well, yeah, those numbers, now, I... that,
2: now that it's up there, you got to get angry about something. Yeah. You can't be mad about Schmaltz anymore. Forty-one is okay, oh, yeah, but well, yeah. Val now, at 27 is just, just criminal.
0: He's last year's Shane Goss despair, but yeah, no, uh, put, put him on your roster. I mean, you're uh, at, at this rate, if you're getting a near point per game from a defenseman, from a guy you're getting out of the free agency, I love it. Clearly not hurting you in plus minus, not hurting you in the other spot.
2: Yeah. The, you talked about at the start of the show, the Colorado Avalanche. They've got a Monday, Wednesday schedule to start this week. It's the same characters, obviously, right? Dennis Mulligan would be the number one guy at this point in time, just being on that top line. Um, he's been quietly, gone.
1: I'd still rather confer, but sorry. Yeah,
2: yeah. But Malgan just, I just, I wanted to get this not. in while you were talking about him earlier. Uh, Malgan is last 10 games, five goals, seven points, uh, only 18 shots on goals. So shooting 27% over that stretch, but yeah, uh, skating on that top line has been pretty good. Three shots and back-to-back games is nice. So if Evan Rodriguez remains out, then I would want to roll with Malgan. Um, Evan Rodriguez skated today, but it was in a non-contact. So it kind of remains to be seen. The issue for him, is just in concussion protocol. So that's it's really difficult to get a read on just when that player might be back in the lineup. As you mentioned, JT Comfer, uh somebody that I've really liked in um, DFS just because he's not very expensive and he plays What's 19, happening? 20 minutes a night. He also goes, uh, p- sees plenty of time on that top power play unit. He really wasn't all that productive for a, a pretty long stretch there, which uh, was disappointing, but he, he's figured it out. He's on a three-game point streak, scored the other night, his first goal since the beginning of March, so it's nice to see him go. But, I mean, if you take a kind of a, a deeper approach at this, uh in his last 17 games, 15 points, right? Five goals, 10 assists. He's been pretty solid, and over that time, he's averaging over 20 minutes a night. So like we said, you know, in these two-game samples, sure, you know, it, it's sexier to chase the guy that's playing with McKinnon and, and Rantanen, but... It's probably safer to chase the guy that's going out and playing 20 minutes. Last night, he, he played 24-25. It's just crazy the usage that he's seen. Well, Evan uh, Rodriguez the,
0: can't take those 25 minutes. he got to ask
2: someone else. And it's not like Confer's playing with anybody bad, right? I mean, Valerie Chushkin's on that line. New hook has been bumped up. So yeah, That's what he, it is. They're just so good defensively that they can lock it down for
0: that amount of time.
2: Yeah, and, and comp for seeing the top power play unit is really a nice boost there. So, I agree with you. I don't think we need to chat about these guys too much. We talked about them all last week. We talked about them a little bit earlier. Biebs, you want to shout out somebody quickly?
0: Uh, deep shout out Sam Girard. He's a guy who... Um...
2: But would we'll Byron too, if McCarr stays out.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, it's it kind now. of funny. We'll in, uh, in our league, I got Devontae's off waivers the other day um which was absolutely bonkers at 93%. I could not believe it. Um he's been on there he's
1: been on there all year. It's not a it's not a banger league or any he's been Yeah. You know, that's hurt. exactly it. But it was, it was great great to no that power either. play goal. Um But yeah, we, um Sam Girard eight
0: points in his last 11 12 games here. Um, so someone, you know, like you said, if some of those other guys are taking up, or if you don't want to go with a crazy deep option, like Dennis Morgan, he makes a nice little selection there. He's not going to get you a ton of shots, but at the same time, you know, you're going to get 22 minutes out of him, and, uh, and could get a, a casual apple here and there. So.
2: Could get like twenty five minutes out of him if McCart stays out of the lineup. You really that see him too. play a lot while McCart is. Oh, it does look like McCart is kind of on the edge of returning, but not hundred percent. You know, think, got the Arizona, so or, and at local. this point in time, they're certainly looking for McCar to be one hundred and twenty five percent healthy before bringing him back. All right, the last team to talk about is the Minnesota Wild. Now, the good thing about the Minnesota Wild is that they play Monday, Wednesday. The bad thing about the Minnesota Wild is they have the second hardest schedule in the NHL this upcoming week monday is against the seattle kraken on home ice i feel okay about that that's fine the kraken are are solid um grubauer has been sick they've been starting joey decord martin jones hasn't been great for the last few months so i feel okay obviously they're a pretty solid defensive team but i feel okay that uh the wilds can have success against the kraken unfortunately wednesday's matchup is in colorado to face the avalanche so a little bit more difficult there um the other issue is kind of just the fact that there's only like one guy that scores in Minnesota right now that is out. It's Matt Boldy, who we have been talking about all season is going to, you know, somebody that we want to be targeting as a buy low and, and keeping him and, and all that. And he could not be hotter right than he is right now. So if you made the move, went and got Matt Boldy, kudos to you because he is just on an absolute heater right now. The problem is, He's the only one. Uh, Kaprizov still injured. Zucrello's 87% owned. Joel Eriksson X, 71% owned. Matt Boldy's up to 78% owned.
1: No after respect that, for Marcus?
2: After that, there's really nobody there. Marcus Johansson at 3% owned would be the, the number one option if Ryan Hartman at 42% owned isn't available. Marcus Johansson's really your only option. Uh, left wing, right wing eligible. He's on that line with Boldy. He's on that line uh, with... Joel Erickson. And yeah, he's been really, really solid since coming to uh, the Minnesota Wild. We talked about him a couple weeks ago, I believe, as a streaming option. Just somebody that looks a little bit rejuvenated in Minnesota. And yeah, he's been really, really good. Coming into this evening, uh, eight points in 10 games with the Wild. I'm not sure what he added. Eight in his um, last
0: seven, too.
2: So yeah. perfect. And do you know if he added anything this evening? Uh, yeah, he this has is. an apple today. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, uh, so now he's got two a, shots and a plus two, nine goals or nine points in his last eight games. So he, yeah, he's really the only one at three percent on. Obviously, Ryan Hartman would be great as well. Uh, the shot volume solid. He plays, uh, you know, on the top line, on that top power play unit. I guess we can talk about Marcus Johansson or Marcus uh, Foligno as well. He's on the top line. I don't, you know, I'm not crazy about it, but. Um, certainly somebody. And, and then I guess the only Dang other guy gosh. that if he's healthy, he missed tonight's game, but you know, maybe John Klingberg at 43% on, the top power play unit um, because yeah, the options are pretty limited. So to me, I think, it, you know, we've, we, we've ordered these guys or these teams in this order for a reason. Um, and the wild would certainly be at the bottom of the barrel for me. And I think that there's plenty of options that we've spoke about already that are a higher priority uh, for me. D any interest in these wild guys it it, over anybody else that we've talked about
1: i think there's you know there's some viability there but yeah they're definitely like i can't imagine myself making room for them next week simply because like you said those other four or five teams that we already talked about and some of those options there are going to be what i'm going to look at like i'll I'll go um like i'd go with the islanders all day over johansson i'd go with um obviously the coyotes just for monday night like we talked about some of those names that could be available uh, I would go Johansson before Paterka and Quinn and potentially Olsen as well. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Otherwise I'm, I'm, I'm happy going with Lusto. I'm, I'm happy, uh, going with potentially Malgan in Colorado Comper, obviously if he's there. So yeah, I would agree that they're pretty much at the bottom of the barrel here.
0: Yeah, I know. I, you literally couldn't have read my brain better there. D. I I think the Buffalo fellows are the only ones who would take a step behind, uh, Um Marcus here, but other other than that, I I pretty much want everything ahead, including the defenseman that we mentioned. Um, so yeah, but no, like you said, we ordered it this way for a reason. So um, I guess uh just don't have recency bias, have the exact opposite and go for those first guys we talked about.
2: If you again, um, just to give you some ideas here, too. Like obviously, if you've got matchups to burn this week and you and you have some bottom of your roster guys and you want to fill up your roster with some players. Um, that are just really good. And, and on heaters right now, the easiest schedule next week is the Philadelphia Flyers. Again, they play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So not great for streaming, but somebody like Owen Tippett needs to be talked about as a pickup right now. He's still only 22% owned. He is the he is the offense in Philadelphia right now. He's playing almost 21 minutes a night over his last 12 games. Six goals, three assists, nine points, 57 shots on goal we've been talking about tippet quite a bit a guy that we really like the shot volume is great he's really starting to finally Realize that potential and like playing 21 minutes tonight, he is the offense in Philadelphia. They have the easiest schedule next week. Again, it doesn't fit well, but if you can fit a, a he's got, I think left-wing, right wing eligibility, it might work for you. Take a look at your lineup because at 22% own, he would really be one of the best options on the wire. If you take a look at the schedule, they've got Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. Those are four teams that are very prone to giving up goals. And Owen Tippett could be a guy that could really shift a matchup next week. Is there anybody else? We got, you know, easy schedules. Next week, you got the Flyers, the Bruins, um, the Rangers, the Senators. Anybody else that you guys are kind of just looking at right now that you think are pretty good on the waiver wire outside of Owen Tippett? Uh,
0: maybe David Kreischi, if you got the spot for him. He's kind of kind of been cooking his last little bit consistent for realistically a point per game. He's at 28% owned. Um, but no, definitely Owen Tippett's uh, the far and away guy here, I think. Uh, personally, you just said it with the shots on goal. there. That was That's beautiful. That's magic.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think maybe the Seattle guys might be worth a look at, you know, particularly again, next week, um, for that Monday night game against the wilds, you know, like some veneers and Everly, um, obviously Jared McCann has played himself well out of this conversation at this point, uh, Jakob Rana, again, this is just, you know, lineup depending less likely to be able to find them spots. He's still just 30% owned. Uh, and again, just want to give a shout out to Akira Schmid at 19% owned, because I think he's. Uh, probably the only goalie you can find on the wire that could potentially just give you uh, some real solid rest of season value. I, I think best case he's still starting every other game. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely been cutting into Vanacek's play.
2: Yeah. Vanacek struggled um, yeah. and speed's been good.
0: I don't know. It's if like I... lengthy struggles too. It's, it's been since I think January one that he's kind of, he hasn't really turned the page. Well,
2: it's um. I did see a tweet today. I don't know if anything happened to Marshawn or DeBrusque, um, but I did see that Tyler Bertuzzi was taking some shifts on that top line. As I said, they've got one of the easiest schedules next week as well. Second easiest, so maybe a Tyler Bertuzzi if he ends up sticking in that spot. I don't think that's very likely, though. Um, matchups aren't great. Another goalie that could potentially turn in some long-term value, Ivan fought. Jesus, pro vets off for the Coyotes has been really, really well since coming up. They say he's going to stay with the team for the rest of the season. If you're desperate and you want to roll a Coyotes goal, you know he's going to face a bunch of shots. I think he's another guy. Um, Hoffer, that,
1: too, obviously, you said earlier, 28%. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hoffer, Kachekov, still only 22% as well. Ranta doesn't look entirely uh, close to returning. And I still feel really strongly um, about the goaltending duo in Los Angeles, Copley and uh, Corpus Ala, Corpus Ala, lowest of the two at 41%. You know what you're getting. They're going to dead even yeah, alternate so starts. Back back. So you're only going to get two starts at home, but those are other guys. But yeah, Schmid, certainly the top guy and the guy that could really, you know, how many games they got next week? They got four? He could really start three of the four. Yeah, they got four. Yeah. He could start three of the four. I doubt it. It's probably looking at closer to two, but I mean, you never know. anything to add any final thoughts heading into next week gentlemen just
1: just good matchups there too. uh vancouver chicago and then they got a back-to-back on the weekend against nashville and boston for for st louis so hoffer will definitely get at least two games like you said potential to get three if he gets both of those games against the canucks and blackhawks
0: Um, the la goalies
1: there Brock, kind of mentioned it
0: they are you can almost predict them to not almost you can predict them ahead of time we saw corpus last week get skipped against columbus because they just they're going one 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 yeah so if you do really want to line that up and you look um for example i have this week i have four goalies starting in and all of them are starting against top 10 offenses i don't want to start any so if you look at something like that you can definitely line up um la ahead of time realistically better than any team in the nhl so yeah
2: yeah so um you're gonna get uh Tuesday, you're going to get Corpus Allo against the... Like, if they stick with it, Tuesday will be Corpus Allo in uh, Calgary. Love that. Um, Thursday will be Copley in Edmonton. Don't love that. Don't love that. And then Saturday, it will be Corpus Allo in Seattle. So, um, And then Copley likely Sunday in Vancouver. That so one's a little, you know, like a little bit better, but... Um, you know, maybe Corpus Allo, obviously the fact that he plays uh, Tuesday, Saturday isn't ideal. But if you are struggling in net and you know you can get those two starts against the Flames, you know he's going to face a ton of shots. Mm-hmm. They haven't been the greatest offense. Um, they haven't been as good at converting their chances yeah, as other teams in the, the NHL, NHL. So, um, yeah, I, I think Corpus Allo, if you're desperate between the pipes, makes a little bit of sense. Anything else? Is that it? Are we heading into the semifinals next yeah. week, fellas? Let, let's, let's make it around. Let, let's go just
0: for the fun of it.